Hello, and welcome to Amazingly Terrible. This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching something truly amazingly terrible. Uh, Captain in the Game Master, episode number 32, Battle of the Baseball Know-It-Alls. Hey, uh, hi. Oh my god, that was fun. Make a mega high, mega hiney, hiney ho. Welcome to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast that pulls up a chair throws its leg over, and asks, Hey, sport, remember this trash? I'm Adam. I am Matt. And I'm David. We're uh, officially podcasters now. We, uh, oh, that's right. We are that's published. Right. We actually we've, published. We've, yeah. Just like um, everyone in, in our generation, we've put something on the internet. Well, you know, you don't want to be at a party and someone asks you, so what's your podcast about? If it's and true. I have an answer. I mean, there's two things I always have an answer for: what my podcast is about and what my screenplay is about. Yep, yep. They're both the same thing. <laughs> You're writing a screenplay about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, writing, I'm oh, writing right. a screenplay from the point of view of David. He's a long-suffering, <laughs> disgraced podcast producer. Who's it's his last chance at uh, at um, the big podcast game. And, and let me guess: <laughs> um, you wrote yourself as David. You you wrote all the raps for this play too, right? You got all <laughs> yes. Music down. Yes, I wrote exactly. uh, I wrote the opening rap monologue. Okay. Um, it's kind of like um, uh, uh, Hamilton meets um, Pee Wee Herman. No, I was thinking that movie where Adam Sandler goes to prison and has to play on a football team. Um, just oh. all mushed together. Wow, I was going to say Waterboy, but no, you're right. There was that Adam Sandler movie. There was a remake of a Burt Reynolds movie. Adam Sandler wants to be Burt Reynolds so hard. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen Uncut Diamonds or Uncut Gems? Uh, I didn't, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, I could have gone my whole life without Adam Sandler telling me how he was going to come. But uh, now it's just sort of stuck in my head. So He tells you how he's going to come? Yeah, well, yeah, because in that, like, somebody shows him a bag full of gems, and he goes, oh, I'm going to come. Because he's talking about how much he loves gems. It's, so, like, his his serious acting role is pretty much the same as his comedy album when we were growing up. Yeah, just with different type of music in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's oh. more serious music, because eventually he gets shot and killed. Spoilers, everybody. Adam Damn. Sandler dies. <laughs> Damn, you done fucked that movie for me. <laughs> so now you've ruined all of Daniel Radcliffe's movies, and you've ruined the only good Adam Sandler movie, apparently. And and don't forget, I also ruined Star Blazers because I told you everything that was going to happen in it in my synopsis of the one episode we watched. Well, dear listeners, our only hope is now that we can ruin Captain N, the Game Master, for you. It wasn't a good transition. <laughs> it wasn't a good. <laughs> Perfect <solid> transition. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's like I turn away from camera, like I turn to camera during our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, which one's my camera? That one? Okay. Right, yeah. Ladies and Looking gentlemen. right into it. We, we just got news from the uh, war room, and it has happened. We have watched Captain N in the Game Master. We did. Um, did either of you guys see this when it was on TV? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have a memory of it, but I think that I did see like part of an episode and then turned away in disgust and made sure that I avoided <laughs> it at all costs. Because I believe when I was a kid, I specifically had like this one rule where I tried to avoid cartoons made about video games at all costs wow. because they because they always turned out to be really really bad and that I was think, prescient i think it might have been because of this i think i might have watched this and i was like oh. what the fuck is this this isn't uh, about the video games and then i just made up my mind from that point forward i remember seeing it um i don't remember where it wasn't at your house adam no but i i, re I remember seeing it and thinking it was garbage um but when I saw it, it was in season three, and during season three, that Captain In portion was like half an episode, and the other half of the episode would be something else, either Super Mario or um, Legend of Zelda, and I always wanted to see the Legend of Zelda shows. So you weren't getting your Zelda from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? I think that's what it was. So the Super Mario Brothers Super Show would sometimes have a Mario segment and sometimes have a Zelda segment. Yeah. And I wanted, but, to, I wanted to watch the Zelda segments. But that, that was separate from this show, though, right? Yeah, that that was a that was a live action show with That's what I thought. Uh, the Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Was it? I remember that show. Yeah. I thought that this was like when they in season three that says they shortened this to combine it with the super show. Oh really? It it could be that they were playing cartoon those uh Meyer Brothers and Zelda cartoons in both shows. Oh, yeah, you know what? They, they had a new Super Mario show. That's what they combined yeah. this one. So they say, it, Oh, okay. They they had the Super Mario Super Hour or the Super Mario Super Show, which was a live action Mario and Luigi introducing cartoons. I don't think I ever saw that. I I I saw that I saw quite a few episodes of that. But they they did have a separate Super Mario Brothers cartoon that I think was attached to this. So they're two different Mario Brothers cartoons then. I think that's so. What, I think that's so. What yeah. I, you know, I grew up without TV and thus without a Super without a Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Um so I didn't really I didn't know how wrong these characters were. Um <laughs> but you still thought it was garbage. Oh yeah, I mean it was awful. Mm. So I watched it a couple times hoping that I would see the Legend of Zelda show. Uh, looking back, I don't know why I wanted that because the Legend of Zelda portion is also terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible if you watch it now and um, binge it. Mm. It's like extra terrible. <laughs> it, com it compounds itself. The, the, the Zelda oh, yeah. portion? Yeah, so. they, they have like one catchphrase that they use three times an episode. And if you start watching them back to back, that just snowballs way too fast. <laughs> wow. So, so you're speaking from experience, David. Is that yeah? Ooh, sorry, buddy. The thing, the things you do for us, the things you do for this podcast. Yeah, David. <laughs> yeah, I don't suspect for a second that you did this for yourself on your own time. <laughs> I, I know you too well for that. That you wouldn't do such a thing. 
you make it sound like I'm obsessed with uh, these cartoons and that I've built my whole life around them and roped other people into watching them as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know um, that's not what happened, David. So, yeah, we all know yeah. the real story that um, during most of these podcasts, you're being held at gunpoint by the mafia, forced to do these for money. Wait, where's the money coming to play? I don't know. The mafia pays us? I don't. For what? Oh, because we're going to be the fall guys when the feds catch on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we're laundering money. Oh. Again, where does the money part come in? Because um, <laughs> if we've been laundering it, I, I haven't <laughs> seen it. So you're just every time, Adam, poking holes in my carefully laid plans. Look, the point is we're going to make money. Okay. He's admitted it. He's a ringleader. But I, I, I want bitcoins. Ooh, I don't want bitcoins. There's an ATM like across the street that has them. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> nice. Honest opinion, guys. Do you think that um, bitcoins specifically, not the concept of cyber currency, but bitcoins specifically are going to stay stay around for the long time long term i have limited understanding about it like I've, I've done a fair amount of studying of the blockchain technology around creating it but i'm not i'm not as well versed in that particular financial system but the fact that it's lasted like 10 years now right yeah like it, it's 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 been around longer than a lot of other currencies have so it's true and it has had like um two boom and bust cycles so yeah, yeah. it must have some degree of um stability we're gonna get so many fucking douchebag oh bros <laughs> look listeners if you are the expert in cyber currency do not fucking email us don't fucking add us at twitter yeah. nothing yeah. yes well you can add me at twitter i'll be i'll be fine about that but just one of you just the person that knows the most about it yeah the, the, the we want the, yourselves we want the cyberist bro we want the the, the cyberist bro to at Adam on Twitter. Did, so did you he, say the first bro? No, the cyberist. Okay, no, I like the idea of the first bro. Like like oh. the ranked, like, oh, I am the first bro. And then there's the second bros, the third bros. So they're like tiered, but there's only one first bro. I was thinking more like that movie, The First Man. Oh, no, no, I was thinking of the movie The Man from Earth. About mm. the Cro Mag, about the uh, Neanderthal that survives to the modern day. Oh, um, yes. What was that called? Because I don't think Earth. it was called that. Was it called The Man from Earth? Yeah. David, oh. back me up. Like he shows up in New York somehow? Uh, no, it's like it's like all like a one-act play, and he's just talking to a dude he invited over to his summer house. No, no, no. There was this, there was this old uh, movie from like the 1980s where some guy like gets thawed out on a slab of ice in New York City, and he was a Neanderthal. And there, there was a specific name to this movie. It was like a two-hour-long movie. It wasn't Encino Man, although I should have pointed out earlier that what you're talking about is Encino Man. Do you um, think that Brendan Fraser was a Neanderthal, or was he just an early hominid, like like he was an early Homo sapien? Do you think he was literally a Neanderthal? I think that that he was close enough in that lineage that he had more Neanderthal in him than the rest of us do right now. You ever have you ever tried that line? You have gone out to a girl and hey, you'd be like, hey, do you have a, do you have a little Neanderthal in you? Would you like some? It'll work. I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll give that a shot on my wife tonight. See what happens. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll order the flowers now. Okay. I'm sorry. Your husband's a dumbass. Signs. I was for your funeral. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) That's white carnations for your funeral. No, I think the card should still say, I'm sorry, your husband's a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Still for your funeral, but. So, yeah, to to rehash what we all just talked about right now. uh, Yeah, we watched a little bit of this when we were kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it ran um, it ran from 1989 to 1991 on NBC. Okay. That and, actually make make a little bit more sense to why I avoided it. Yeah, it was uh, kind of like in a transition period for us. Yeah, well, I I was that was when I was in Berlin, so oh right, like I, I had limited access to uh, to these type of cartoons, so I'm sure that I was a little bit more discerning with my time. Just in in the uh, timeline of our show, this comes after Brave Star, and I think we're seeing like a real yeah. like descent into madness. Of the the '80s cartoons, where the, there's a real like dark age during the early '90s, yeah. late '80s. I'd buy that. Valiant Comics also published a comic book tie-in based on Captain in the Game Master. Gross. Yeah, uh, it it had fewer licensed characters because they couldn't get um, Simon Belmont or Mega Man. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because the little robot's green, so he's not. Supposed to be Mega Man, then he well, he does yeah. say Mega in front of everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he is Mega Man, and I will get into why it is so fucking weird, uh, overall in the show. Also, why the word, word Nintendo is never mentioned, yeah, yeah. Um, so around the time when they were producing this show, there was general pushback in the public in the states of the deregulation from the Reagan era. Um, mm-hmm. so there were right around this time they passed the uh, Children's Television Act of 1990 and this show because the the it was being made by Nintendo was well connected to know enough to know kind of the um, language of the uh, of the act and so it does certain things to avoid detection or to avoid falling under the Child's Television Act. And the first thing that it does is never mentions the name Nintendo. And then the second thing is that there is no creative control by Nintendo at all. So they went to this third party uh, Mm -hmm. animation studio and they said, hey, you know, make make this show based on our characters, but then gave no direction except for what those characters looked like. And this was, of course, early enough that... um, these animators didn't know what video game characters were um, and wrote characters they thought were fun and interesting. Um, and the outcome is total fucking shit. Yep. Agreed. Originally, Captain Inn was created by Randy Stuttered, who is the editor of Nintendo Power. And Nintendo co-opted the idea and blended it with a cartoon that was also, off, also already kind of in production to create the captain in concept. Hmm. Um, so they, they basically hijacked another cartoon specifically for captain in like the character captain in to put him in here. There was another (laughs) Nintendo cartoon in the works. Uh, I believe it was called, 
um, Paperboy or something like that. But it was based on the character Paperboy, who could pass into the Nintendo world through a portal in his closet. And he had he was more cartoony, and um, it was less kind of high stakes and more comedic, and he would go into the different Nintendo worlds. Uh, and that idea was combined with the, cap- the concept of Captain N. Gotcha, gotcha. Season one or two were full 22-minute episodes, um, but season three was kind of an entirely different show. show sorry, um, And they had 11-minute shorter versions of the Captain N segment and then another segment of either the new Super Mario show or Legend of Zelda. Um, and I remember that's the period in which I saw the show and I remember it just being God awful. Yeah. 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 So, so was it like by the time they got to round of season three, they just sort of gave up and they were like, Oh, this isn't really working. Or was it successful enough that they were like, Oh, we're going to tie in other less successful cartoons related to similar properties and just smush them together to try to boost that viewership. I think it was probably that they figured out how to get around the um, television act and their two more popular cartoons were well known enough that they could be written for effectively. And so Captain Inn was like kind of slowly phased out, hoping that the Mario and Legend of Zelda properties would catch on more. And, you know, nobody remembers Captain Inn. Yeah. Well, and that also kind of makes sense, too, because from, from the little bit of research I did, I under, what I understand is they very specifically do not say the word Nintendo. It's all it's like Captain N and Video Game World and stuff like that. Yes. But then by the time Season 3 rolled around, they did put in a character called Game Boy. Yes, they absolutely did. So, so they obviously, like, the rules changed at some point in time during production. Well, that and each show was based around a particular video game. Like this one was advertising Bo Jackson baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said that the legislation didn't pass until 1990. Right. They started in 89. So they were anticipating what the legislation could have contained. I think it's, I think they were very aware of the legislation being working its way through because the legislation was in response to a lot of pushback from the public. Um, And so they kept abreast of what the language of the legislation would be so that when it was published midway through the run of their show, um, they would be able to continue. Yeah. So it's almost like, but but to your point, David, it, it does seem like it's almost like they were. They were staying abreast of that, but they were anticipating stricter, stricter regulations. Yes. And, they, by the, and then when it got passed, they were like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about this. So, yeah, this is a Game Boy. Everybody go buy Game Boys. This was during the period when Nintendo was, like, kind of a shitty company in terms of its market practices. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, because this was a time frame where they were like, okay, we're the ones that control this specific component that goes into the cartridges for Nintendo. Any of these video game companies out here, you have to, like, bid with each other to get these components and then we're going to basically have stricter control over like who releases what instead of having it be more of like an open free market system like uh, eventually Sega wound up doing and if and if people don't know Nintendo was originally a card company back in the day Learned like that in uh... Japan. Do you think that in like um, ten years we're all going to be playing on the Hallmark X Seven? No, no, they, they were like a, a like card 
game, like game cards. Like oh, they, they that used, makes more sense. Yeah, they used to do the, uh, uh, I think it was back in like the 1800s or something like that. Back when it was illegal for um, anybody to gamble in Japan. Although I, I, I guess technically it still is illegal, even though Pachinko's kind of figured out a way to get around that. But back in the day, it was illegal for people to even play cards because it was considered to be too much of a gateway to gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo was kind of born out of that, and they made cards. Um, what's the card game called? Hanafuda. That was the uh, the. It's it's like the Japanese version of solitaire or Japanese version of like go fish, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's it's. I'm being reductive. It's much more nuanced than that, but it's it's like a national game and nintendo started off by making hanafudo cards are you so. being reductive or are you fucking slagging go fish <laughs> which is a, a beautiful game <laughs> we should do a movie that's about a, a professional go fish player um that would be interesting maybe that should be the screenplay yeah yeah Oh, no, no, that's part of the screenplay. The Down and Out Cup podcaster, David, who's like got his one last chance to come back to the big leagues, enlists the help of a professional GoFish player mm. who is starting to lose his edge to the Nintendo GoFish machine that is now starting to, the AI machine from Nintendo that plays GoFish that's starting to make the rounds in the market. So now it's about a redemption story between the two of them coming together and forming this close bond. I don't. While, I don't. While I don't shitting, they... while shitting all over a third podcaster that they've also <laughs> yeah. hired. Um, I don't understand why they need to be separate people. I, I think that the the story of why uh, uh, David is now a disgraced podcaster is that he lost all his money uh, during his hot shot days as a professional go fish player, and this is a redemption story where he can succeed both at podcasting and at uh, getting back into the professional go fish game so the podcast within the movie slash pet play slash tv series is going to be a go fish podcast yeah that's like that's essentially the subject but it'll probably be more like i'm let's it's a pastiche right so it'll probably be more like a combination of joe robin and and mark (laughs) maron Perfect combination of two of them. Yes, at last, <laughs> two great tastes that taste great together. Uh, all right, shall we get into the episode, gentlemen? Um, sure. Uh, let me ask you a few questions as our captain in and the game master um, um, expert for this. Code. You you can call me Captain M. Captain M. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so Captain. Captain. Um, why did he not wear a power glove? There is a power glove in the show, but the power there glove, is. yeah, it it foretold the prophecy of Kevin's coming. It it foretold. Wait, what? So this is a sorting power glove. Ooh, good call. Yes, it foretold the prophecy of Kevin's coming that there would be one who came from outside the game. <laughs> I'm just picturing the glove popping up. And like a talking hand style, be like, hello, <laughs> I have a prophecy. There's going to be a human coming with a dog that has a dried on, drawn on spot around its eye. <laughs> and a neckerchief. I'm going to drink this water now. <laughs> oh, yes, that dog. 
Um, oh yeah. Well, because he has he has the uh, game controller as his belt buckle. Yeah. Yep. That that gives him some sort of special powers because in the episode we watched, he hit it a couple times, was able to like jump up in the air and it, do special moves. It's not very clear. It seems to like allow him to control himself essentially. Yeah. <laughs> as if he was in a video game. Um, which I have to admit, there's like some sort of like, I'll bet if you hit up, down, up, down, A, B, start, you like trigger a dopamine receptor. It like floods your brain. He only does that in private. Right. In actual fact, like two years after this, he's just a drooling idiot having like spammed that button. It's like you look at the belt and like the A is like all worn off from him just like rubbing against it so frequently. Right. Yeah. The reason why I ask is because... Um, what I recall is that you used to run around your backyard with your power glove on and we would stick fight. Yeah, yeah. And then I got that sword. And I think I wore the power glove and was swinging the sword around at some point in time. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, so really, audience, what we're trying to tell you is we're a bunch of geeks. And always have been. It's true. We're not some, like, faux geeks. We're hipster geeks. We were <laughs> geeks before it was cool to be a geek. Um, we were children. I mean, like, give yourself, you know, some, a little leeway to be a child. I hope, I hope my daughter runs around with a sword <laughs> and a power glove. And that's it. Runs around terrorizing the neighborhood naked, screaming, waving a sword, threatening people with the power glove. Well, you do know that I gave, uh, uh, Dan's daughter a sword when she was a child. So, and I, I believe. I believe when she opened up the, uh, the the gift wrapping for it, she immediately took it and then smacked Dan in the knee with it. So <laughs> she knew exactly what it was for right off the bat. Right. I'm sure Dan really appreciated you doing that. <laughs> All right. So our episode opens uh, with a baseball theme song that fades into a voiceover that we never hear again. Wait, let's go back to the intro. Okay, let's oh, go yeah. back to the intro. Because... Yeah. We have to talk about that dog. The intro is interesting because it is a mix between animation and live action, as well as early CG. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't forget the CG parts. That was bizarre. Yeah. The the human actor of Kevin Keen, Captain N, uh, seems inordinately happy to be playing that Nintendo. Oh, man, you know that kid thought he was cast in this show. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah, you think so? <laughs> He seems very happy. Yeah, he's like morning commercial level happy. No, that's just good salesmanship. But he has a dog, Duke, and the dog appears in the sh- in the show. He does. So, so this is like a golden retriever. Yeah, that has been given like the little rascal's eye patch. Yeah, the the, the dog in the show is obviously supposed to be some type of like mutt of some type. Uh, it's like some of its colorations and everything, but when you see the live action version, it 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 really is either a, a purebred lab or like a shaved golden retriever that somebody had to hold down, and they just took a magic marker and drew a s- circle around its eye and just filled it in. You don't and, think they an- they animated that? I mean, they they spent a lot of production dollars no. on the. Uh... No, look at it. Go back and look at it. it. It looks like somebody put makeup on a dog. Are you sure King Ho didn't punch him in the face? 
<laughs> it looks like he's got a massive black eye. Yeah, yeah. But obviously somebody had to have, like, some poor key grip somewhere had to hold on to this dog while some makeup artists came in and just used, like, an entire bottle of eyeliner trying to get that, that makeup to stay. Um, do they have dog-grade makeup? I don't know. I have to assume they do, though. I mean, it's Hollywood, right? Mm. Yeah, they might have to use a special non-toxic. So I typed in dog makeup, and one of the top questions that pops up is, how do I make up with my dog? (laughs) 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 I don't know what is worse, the fact that that was the first response or the fact that it wasn't dog makeup, which we want to know about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, cause it, this is, this isn't the Google, this isn't the automated Google search. Uh, this is the people also asked, how do I make up with my dog? Yeah. How do you face paint a dog? So I will say in defense of this show, at least the opening uh, portion has very nice drawings. Some really mm-hmm. kind of cool drawings of um, the environments. Yeah. The background art are interestingly painted, uh, sort of unique. The character designs, however, are horrific. Yes, it's um, it's pretty pretty problematic. So we we mentioned that that a lot of these characters. Almost all these characters are actually like licensed characters from Nintendo properties that are incredibly loosely based off of those characters because of the creative control that go that went into this. Um, uh, uh, they have their names. That's I mean they they vaguely yeah, have their it. names and they sort of look like them a little yeah. bit. There is one original character, Lana, Lana, Princess Lana. So apparently. Nintendo had had no female characters. Yeah, I was gonna yes. say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they I guess didn't they didn't want to use characters. Princess Peach. Like the only character they could have used was Princess Peach, and they were like, "No, no, no, don't do that." Well, I guess Zelda too would have been would have been a character, but they they were using her for a different property at the set at the same time. So Mario Brothers and Zelda, yes, both fully controllable characters with their own storylines and in the games <laughs> they appear in. <laughs> good point good point yeah and, and nintendo's always had very strong female leads well they had samus and in in all fairness they do have metro world here but no samus like mm. what what was she even a character that they were thinking of putting into this does she show up in different episodes or the, what i read is they asked the um uh, they asked the producer why she wasn't on it and or the the i believe it was the head of the animation studio why she wasn't on it and he said uh, never heard of her. <laughs> Great. Anyway, but, but mother brain. Oof. Okay. Um, our our uh, our show opens with a baseball theme, uh, and that song fades into a voiceover that is never used again. And all that voiceover does is name drop Bo Jackson. All it is there is to do is to tell us that this character we haven't met before coming on screen is Bo Jackson. Um, and we open on a baseball diamond with a game being played between the in-team, 
which I I misheard as the IN team, the IN team, but it is the IN team and the Video Land All Stars. The puns are thick and fast in the show. Oh God, they, they are. are. They are. Yes, I wouldn't. I would say they were thin and fast because they are really bad puns. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the IN team is made up of the following people. Uh, we've got Captain In himself, Kevin Keane, who is the whitest popped collar little proto frat cocksucker I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate him. Uh, I would like to strangle him to death. And it's made worse by the fact because I know as a child I would have just thought he was the best. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that he's wearing a letter jacket that uh, does have the letter in on it. Obviously, because they just like want to want to force that down your throat. Um, uh, no, he goes to North Ridgemont High in California. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And oh. his let he he lettered in swimming. <laughs> okay, nice. Mm-hmm. True facts. But of course, in this one, they have him playing baseball. Um, well, I think I think that he's wearing that letter letter jacket to like expand the demographic of people who would be interested in purchasing a Nintendo and think that a Nintendo was appropriate for them. Hmm. And also, he did get zapped to then uh, video game land, and he only has one set of clothes. So That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, I assume his clothes was digit- were digitized. Hmm. Um, we have uh, Princess Lana, who is the leader of Videoland, uh, as you said, the only original character on the show. And... I'd say the second most likable character on the show. Okay. Mm. I can see that. Who are you putting in the, the number one spot? Oh, there? we got to preserve the mystery. <laughs> um, then we have Duke the dog. I don't know why they're letting a dog play. Like most of the rest of these characters, it sort of makes sense why they're playing baseball. Why yeah. are they letting a dog play baseball? Um, we have the worst version of Simon Belmont ever. Yeah, he's the paladin from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's pretty abysmal. Um, we have Kid Ixris, who looks like a Margaret Keene painting, and uh, adds the Romanesque Icus or Icus to the end of ever, all his words. Kid Ixris is looks like he's strongly based on a Francisca Gallard drawing, uh, who is a Spanish illustrator, and she drew these like cutesy poo little big headed children. You would recognize them. Uh, he looks so much like it that I think that's probably what he was modeled on. Then we also have Mega Man, who is basically a fat little chain-smoking gremlin who just adds Mega to in front of all his words. And then rounding out the team is Game Boy, who does not really appear in this episode and is a floating human-sized Game Boy. That will occasionally flash uh, random messages across its screen. Yeah, it communicates via its screen. Uh, and all of this, this whole group is playing against the Videoland All-Stars, uh, are, who are made up of Bo Jackson and no one else. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. <laughs> he, is, he is the whole of their team. And uh, Bo Jackson on this episode is, uh, he's played by Blue Mankuma. So it wasn't Ooh. even a guest star? It was just it, Yeah, nope. they didn't even get Bo Jackson to play himself? No, I mean, at this point, Bo Jackson had already had his own cartoon with Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan, um, but none of them played themselves. They were all voiced by other people. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, 
Wow. Uh, what's the name of that show? I forget. The All-Stars, maybe? Ooh. Should have done that research. Well, we just need to add it to the list. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I'm looking I, up right now, too. I'm sad that we didn't have it. Um, so right away we learn that uh, Bo and Captain Inn have a rivalry, um, which is incredibly unhealthy, right? He's a professional uh, sports bowman, and he's a rivalry with essentially like a 14-year-old child. And and it's important that we, we maybe touch on this a little bit. Bo Jackson really was a professional sports bowman because he played like three different sports. Um, uh, oh, that's I I uh, I assumed that was the terminology to explain someone who plays the sporting balls. <laughs> but, uh, he he was a all star in, in uh, baseball and football, and I think he didn't he also play basketball or something like that at some point in time. He did a um, a whole ad campaign for Nike that was called uh, Bo Nose. Yes, it was, he, was like Bo yeah. Nose baseball, Bo Nose basketball, Bo Nose football. Yeah. Yes, where he tries other sports. Bo manages to get a hit off of Kevin's pitch, uh, and Simon Belmont uh, and Duke collide trying to catch the ball. Um, and then they run out of baseball stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. they at, at that point, they have exhausted the writer's knowledge of baseball. Well, before, uh, before all this happens, though, um, Simon Belmont does pull out his special vampire mitt. That's true. Which, which is just basically a baseball mitt with that's formed into the shape of a mouth. And yes. Apparently it just bites down on whatever it, it hits or whatever it comes in contact with because uh, somehow in the tussle with Duke, the baseball mitt flies off his hand and lands on his butt. Oof. And then he has to rip it off his butt, ripping his trousers. And, and exposing. Yeah. Yes. Ex- exposing his heart-shaped is his uh wow my mind heart, is heart pattern yeah heart, heart pattern there you go print his boxer heart shorts. heart printed boxer shorts man man a vampire hunter with a mouth in his hand that's that'll never work yeah it would never work <laughs> yeah then, it's too high concepts then goes to fight dracula yeah no nah. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Princess Lana is cheering, seems mostly to be cheering for Kevin. Uh, and Yeah, because uh, she's not allowed to play baseball. No, no, she's no. a girl. That's true. Baseball is <laughs> only for uh, grown men and boys and anthropomorphized dolls and uh, oh, dogs. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> um, Mother Brain is somehow watching like on a closed circuit television of some kind. Um, and she is also horrible to look like. The character design on this one is really grisly. Um, she, her flesh has been stretched out and pinned down. She has these enormous fat DSLs. Uh, she has uh, tattooed on eyebrows and deep eyeshadow. Um, and she looks like the mother from Brazil, like in a tank. Yes, she, she's basically... A giant brain inside of a giant tank shaped almost like a light bulb, like a classic mm-hmm. light bulb, and um, and with like flesh covering the front of it. So there's also the character in uh, Doctor Who. Yes, that came yeah. to mind as well. Yeah, like the second season of Doctor Who. Um, I can't remember what her name was. 
But you guys know. I mean, if you're listening to this, you've watched Doctor Who. Yes. That's we it. know you you we know you do it, listeners. But uh, this this specific character is supposed to be from Metroid. This is the mother brain that gets that is the main antagonist in the first Metroid video game. Yes, and but the voice sounds like Bobcat Goldthwait took Quaaludes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this voice actor is Levi Stubbs, who was also the voice, mm. voice actor for Audrey 2 in Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. and the lead singer of The Four Tops. I can see Audrey, yeah. Mm. That's right. No, I definitely recognize him from, from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, like the, the name itself, because I was talking to somebody recently about Little Shop of Horrors, and I was looking it up on IMBD, IMDB, IMDB. That's the one. I- I am BB. No, you are M A T T. Thank you. I made myself laugh. She is yelling at um, Eggplant Wizard from Kikigaris and King Hippo from Point Jet. Of the two, King Hippo is by far the creepiest. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's like a no neck troglodyte. And he has these huge, fat blueberry, uh, blueberry pancake nipples. Um, and I cannot look away from them. They frighten me uh, every time I my eyes are drawn to them. But it's just impossible to look away from those giant, um, saggy man boobs. Well, it's like they're threatening you. You have to keep an eye on them to make sure they're not making some sort of move to to destroy you in some way. They follow you around the room. Like, you, you'll... You'll look at it from the corner of your eye, and it looks like they're they're pointed right at you. And then you'll walk to the other side of the room, and they continue to kind of follow you. Mm-hmm. So I I never really played Kid Icarus. I played it a couple times, I believe, at your place, right, Matt? I think I had it on Game Boy. Yeah, I think you had it on Game Boy. Yeah. Um, I did not remember the the eggplant wizard from Kid Icarus. Um, I think I had like a weird knockoff version of Kid Icarus, so I never played the one, the original one for Nintendo. Mm. Um, but I, I remember Eggplant Wizard, and honestly, uh, Eggplant Wizard is the only character I like in the show. So he's your number one. He is my number one with a bullet. You know what? I was actually gonna, I was gonna make a joke about him being your number one. I should have done that. <laughs> Go right ahead. We can. We'll slice it in. Is your number one the eggplant wizard? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Is it because of all those times I fucked eggplants in front of you? <laughs> no, no. That that uh, had nothing to do with it. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, he's like um, dumb and does what he's told. Um, but he's sort of sweet in a way. I don't know. He touched me. He, he has a certain... Um, uh, lovableness to him he has that certain um, down-to-earth heart what's the word i'm looking for he's got an everyman quality he does he does anyway these two idiots they're trying to fix something uh, uh, so, uh like a word i could not catch like a walk but i think it's the warp machine yeah. um of some kind so they managed to electrocute themselves and well, then the the funny thing is, is Mother Brain is yelling at them. Eggplant Wizard is just sort of like talking back and saying, you know, we'll get this done. We're okay. And then King Hippo says, you won't be okay if you touch these two cables together. And then he touches the two t- cables together as he's saying it. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things where like you've got a dumb character and then they try to one up themselves with an even dumber character. But I hate King Hippo so much. Yeah. His dumbness feels like an assault. Whereas um Eggplant Wizard's dumbness is uh it's endearing and lovable. And, and can we also talk about the the, the coloration? I, mean, I don't know if we hit it on it already with the Mega Man. But mm. I, I was of the impression that in the knockout video games or the punch out video games King Hippo was actually just a big fat Caucasian dude. Yes, but in in this show he's he's bluish. Yeah, he's uh, he's like a light blue, he's like a sky blue. Um with the aforementioned uh, blueberry pancake nipples. So it seemed that like part of that odd creative control that the cartoonists had over the series part of it was like them deciding what different colors to draw people like it, mm-hmm. it really it really seems like they almost were given a black and white printout of what all the characters look like not to scale and just given the names and we're told hey go knock yourselves out go do what you want that may be true maybe they got a fax yeah oh you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got a fax printout of each of the characters and they said put this in your show and like it and they said, this one's called Eggplant Wizard, and they're like, oh, okay, that guy's going to be purple, no big deal. This yeah, is that's this understandable. Is King Hippo, oh, does that mean he's going to be gray? We don't like gray. Yeah. Let's do blue. Yeah. Uh, blue is like uh, the poor man's gray, right? No, actually, green is the poor man's gray, uh, okay. as, we, as we know from the Hulk comics. So, um, Back at the game, uh, Bo hits an, an, uh, another pitch. Um, on what would have been strike three. And he hits it so hard that uh, when Kid Icarus flies up to catch it, he, uh, it spins him around in a, like a, a, a top and drives him into the ground. And the ball continues and hits the scoreboard. And that's when we get the, um, the natural moment where we just get the, like, the slow motion of mm-hmm. a bow running down the field. And the sparks shooting off of the scoreboard. So, so as as Bo is running, you actually you actually see like the blood start to like come out of his side, where his old wound opens up from that time he got shot by that prostitute on a train, who was crazy and in love with him. And that's that the might reason be why. what's happening because he he seems to start hallucinating because the the field is transformed into a psychedelic waterbed of uh, of undulating lines and and uh, random craziness. And that's when they get warped into the baseball, baseball world. underworld. And Just I didn't catch or... this at first, but uh, they don't show it. But Game Boy is not transported to um, no. on, on baseball world, and I assume it's because he can fly. Yes, and Kid Icarus can fly as well. But um, actually, more than likely, what it is is the the baseball underworld was uh, a little too cramped. Because it was it was like a dungeon, it was like a dungeon crawl at this mm. point. And, yeah, because uh, baseball is too boring, they needed to switch genres. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> right. the um, Game Boy might have been a little bit too big to try to animate in that space. I mean, um, I think it's that the writers knew a much about as much about baseball as they know about fucking video games. Probably. Like they 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 it, it's like they went and they uh, put chuck out one book on baseball and looked at all the pictures. And then we're like, that's it. We know everything. We know all we need to know to write this episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I, I, that probably is what exactly, it probably is exactly what happened. So, um, <laughs> um, they find themselves in what looks like a classic cave to your point, Adam, a dungeon crawl, yeah. um, except instead of gyms set in the walls of the cave, there are baseballs. And this is when Bo uh, reveals to everybody that this is the land where they retire all of the defective sporting equipment. Or specifically, I think, baseball equipment. I It's not really clear. I'm, I'm, later they say that this is his world. And this was done to promote his video game, so I assume they went there. But he does not seem at all familiar with the logic or what happens there. And in fact, what happens there seems to have nothing to do with baseball, except that it's like vaguely baseball themed. Yeah, like the creatures are in the shape of baseball Baseballs. equipment. Well, but baseball is that baseball equipment, yeah. Yeah. Kid Icarus flies up to one of the baseballs and it comes alive with a, a wacky, exaggerated face, and then hundreds of baseballs start firing out of the wall from these uh, from these gym holes. Yeah, and it's like one baseball after another in rapid succession, and in fact, I'm pretty sure they used a mach machine gun sound effect for when they were shooting out. Captain In covers his friends, shooting uh, at, the, at the balls with his zapper. Bo ignores him and starts hitting the balls with his bat. Um, who which disappear and have a video game sound effect when he hits them. The rest of the team run for cover. But luckily, uh, Bo and Captain Ian catch both of them uh, at a fork in the cave, uh, and they have to decide which way to go. And this fork in the cave eats 80% uh, of the episode, the, the central crux of the fork in the cave. This is the plot of the episode. Yeah. Well, and the fork in the cave is essentially a home plate with two white lines going off in either uh, of the forked directions. One to the left and one to the right. And this is when Bo says, I don't know this place, but I know baseball. And I know in baseball, you always go right. Well, he says uh, it's always played right. Yeah. Which I think is another pun. I think that you're right. Um. But the captain then uh, says, well, I know video games, you stupid-ass motherfucker. And I say we go up, and apparently the left side goes up. And um, just like every Game Master's uh, worst nightmare, they split the party. <laughs> That's Split the Party, a podcast by a couple of guys who don't know they're being recorded for a D&D podcast from the <laughs> Amazingly Terrible Family of Podcasts. TMR. Registered. What are, you, what are you talking copyright. about? David already has all of the audio. He's just waiting for this to get a little bit of hype to then release that. So I can't. I can't wait to meet my character. <laughs> well, you're the game master, so. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, this is gonna. This is gonna be some weird ass adventures. Um, so these guys fucking hate each other. Kevin yeah. and Bo, I don't know, just like instantly despise each other. And it's, um, it's it's like for absolutely no reason. And the, the only thing that I was thinking was maybe it's because they're both human. Like they're both humans that were brought to the video game world. Oh, so you like, think that like there can be only one human. Some, something like that. Like all the yeah. other characters are like actual video game characters based off of video game characters. And the video game character of Bo is based off of the human Bo Jackson. Mm -hmm. And the video game character Captain Inn 
is the human Kevin Feige. Can't remember what his name. Kevin Keen. Um. So. So it is one of those things where they're they're both like, oh, we're supposed to be the only human here. I'm the token human for this group of video game miscreants. So Simon Belmont is inhuman, or? Well, no, because Simon Belmont is a video game character. Okay. Based so, off so of nobody. Saying, so. So you're saying that's the real Bo Jackson who's been transported into the games. Yes. And has decided to settle down and rule this baseball kingdom. Yes, exactly. Ooh, that I was like his that. retirement plan all along. Um, except, but he's an absentee king because he's never been there. Well, well, and here's the thing: is maybe not everybody knows that he's actually human in the video game world, and he's pissed because Kevin found a way into the video game world as well, and he's afraid that Kevin's going to out him as a human usurper of the baseball kingdom. That kind of makes sense because at, at this point, Bo. Uh, had had his injury in football and quit playing. Um, so um, he was probably looking like for another uh, career. He's got he's doing baseball, but he knows like his time is limited there. So he's like, I need an, I need another career. I need another thing to do with my time. I will become a video game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or I will go rule this video game realm. Oh yeah, like I can see this new market emerging. I can see that there's this video game realm that is kind of undiscovered. I will become its king, um, and I will, I will, I will bend the rules of this place to be baseball, baseball but, rules. But hold on, I'm, I'm actually going to go back and look at some of this footage here. Yeah, they they have bleachers, they have stands in this game where, where mm -hmm. Bo Jackson's playing all of the other characters. But it's just a bunch of squiggly lines. It doesn't look like there's anybody actually in the stadium. There's nobody observing the game. Oh, wait, no, there is one shot where you see some stick figures. <laughs> so I was just thinking, like, what if this was the case where, like, Bo came in, he sort of took over this real estate, he's, he's declared himself king of the baseball kingdom, and the only problem is he has no subjects. Because he's the only one on his team playing this this other mm -hmm. that's true individual we we don't really we know see, that for a fact we don't really see any other people there all we see are like the monsters in the dungeon that they're crawling through so maybe maybe we're kind of catching him like mid hustle where he's actually now like starting to try to import some folks maybe he's trying to make like a really good um, uh, what would you call it, like State Department for the Baseball Kingdom to allow for individuals to migrate from other parts of the video game kingdom? A State Department? To, well, I'm, I don't know what you would call that. Come on, dude. The first order of business, if you are setting up your kingdom, is to find some hot girl who is going to uh, be your quote-unquote queen. Oh, so he was putting on this game in order to try to get Princess Lana? So you think I, that maybe he's like in sexual competition with this 14-year-old over the heart of uh, it would, Lana, the it, princess of all of the video game kingdoms? It would make a lot more sense. It would. It, it, would. it would. Anyway, Mega Man and Duke go with Captain In, and they go left. And uh, Simon Belmont, uh, who is the, the biggest tool, and uh, Kid Icarus and Bo go right. 
and then we get back at the Palace of Power. Uh, we have a pretty awesome drawing of the Palace of Power. Um, and Mother Brain has already invaded and has now established herself as Queen of Videoland. Um, One fact, thing we got to say for Mother Brain is she does move pretty fucking fast. Like yeah, she, it happened. It happened so fast that we I it. didn't. Yeah, I didn't even really understand that. Now we were in the palace. I thought we were still in her hideout. Yeah, I, I had the same problem. Like I thought this was actually the Mother Queen's. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Mother Brain's palace, uh, or like the Mother Brain's fortress of solitude, or whatever it might have been. Um, I think this is the the palace that uh, Princess Lana is regent over. I believe you're um, right. Just based yes. off of the um, the fact that it, the walls are golden, and that was like the same setup that we saw for the intro, where we saw the power glove shoot out at Spunk. Eggplant and Hippo are uh, bossing Princess Lana around, uh, telling her to clean the floor with a toothbrush. Uh, and she tricks them into cleaning it and using the toothbrush to brush their own teeth. And she sneaks off. Back in Baseball World, uh, while crossing a bridge, uh, Bo's team is attacked by these weird acid-spitting floating baseball gloves. It's, it really is like they had no idea what they were going to do with this. And they were like, okay, we're going to have uh, baseball gloves that fly and they got faces on them. Okay, well, how do they hurt people? Hmm. They spit oh, acid. They, they spit acid, of course. I mean, was, was like, that like a fuck? baseball player's chew tobacco and spit reference? Maybe? Well, it, w- it would make a lot more sense if they actually showed them chewing before they spit, but they, they don't even show that. Right. They're just smiling. The gloves defeat uh, every person in that group. And yeah. then we cut to Captain In, who is walking in through a, a field of different bases, mm-hmm. and he is attacked by fly balls, which are just baseballs with, with fly wings that fly buzz. Wings. yeah. Yes. And, and it seemed that these were kind of impervious to, to different attacks because Mega Man did attempt to shoot one of them, and the baseball just ate the blast of energy from Mega Man's gun. And just spit it back out. And spit it back out. But then after that, all of the baseballs started spitting fire. Right. They can also which, spit fireballs. Which so, they so can weird. they can ingest enemy and spit uh, uh, energy and spit it back out, and then also generate fireballs. And we see Captain M able to take one of these baseballs out with his gun. So it seems that the zapper is actually almost like an overpowered weapon of some type. And it can basically defeat whatever enemy he goes up against. It's been very effective against every enemy he's tried it against. So really what they needed to do is not run away, but rather like form up a defensive position and just have him shoot these balls out of the sky. Because it was only three balls to begin with. And he takes one out in short order and then they run away. But I think later on they turn back around and you see like there's a multitude of them. It, it it is not clear. It looks like you know when it's easy to draw, there are many, and when we need to close up, we have like two or three. So Captain In and his team run away, uh, and the two teams meet back at the crossroad at the crossroads, uh, where a stray shot by Captain In collapses the cave, uh, cutting off the two forks, and trapping both the gloves and fly balls. So essentially, the the entire gang is back to square one in a section of the cave that has no exits or entrance. Yes, and we are two-thirds of the way through the episode at this point, and we have gone nowhere literally and figuratively. The two teams are forced to work together 
And at this point, this is kind of like their lowest point. Uh, they get a warp message from Princess Lana uh, telling them that Mother Brain has sealed all the warps out of Baseball World. And she says she's going to figure out a way for them to get out, but she's caught by Mother Brain. And we knew that because we, we, we see that from her point of view. Uh, but she manages to hit a button before Mother Brain can tear her away from the warp machine. And that's the, that's the weird part is she's like, oh, it's going to take me a while to figure this out. And then Mother Brain catches her and is like, okay, you're coming with me. And she hits the giant magic button on the warp machine. So it obviously was all ready to go already. And she hits the button, it opens up, they go into the next realm. But the next realm is just a different part of the same place they were in. Well, I feel like Lana, maybe Lana, um, maybe Lana kind of um, has a, is, is really able to manage expectations. She like manages up. So she's she's already done all the work. She knows it's just a button press away. But she calls Kevin and she's like, ah, uh, you know, this might take a little while. Mm. Just kind of manage your expectations a little bit. So she's pulling um, a Scotty, basically. She's like, oh, this is going to take me two weeks. And then she does it in two minutes. And he's going to be like, oh, you're a miracle worker. Like, oh, yeah. Right, right. Just like Montgomery uh, Scott, she's gonna she's gonna climb that corporate ladder. Isn't she already at the top? <laughs> <laughs> she is the glass ceiling. That's right. At this point, Bo and Kevin make up, and they decide that they're going to work together. And uh, Duke hears a beeping noise, and with Mega Man's help, they uh, find that there is a new warp zone. A kiss. <laughs> mega mega yes my mega signal's going off and they 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 travel through the through the warp into a clean baseball diamond um and here they meet the baseball card king was that supposed to be a specific baseball player because, I... because, because it, it it's the king is in the shape of like a card with arms and legs but it has a face in the center of the card because baseball cards have the faces of baseball players on it and was that supposed to be a specific type of baseball player or was it just generic i mean up to this point i would say that the the lighting writing is so lazy and derived uh, like has no personality that i doubt they know a baseball player i feel yeah. like they just put zero time into any of this in, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have a quick question uh, that you may or may not be able to answer. Um, was this the time frame that um, studios were offshoring animation? I mean, I think like? I think that's been common practice for for years. So yeah, they probably offshored okay. a, a good portion of this. Um, this was produced by uh, DIC Deke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I believe that they, as with a lot of companies in that period they had like a Korean animation okay. arm as well as a US arm. Um, so similar similar to the to the production methodology for a lot of cartoons. Gotcha, gotcha. So it kind of makes sense if they actually did just have animators and they gave them like a loose script and said, okay, this is, these are the drawings we need. And the animators were like, all right, have, we don't, well, I guess in Korea though, they actually do have baseball. It's a pretty significant pastime in Japan, and if you had carried over to Korea as well, I, I honestly don't know. Probably they have baseball there, but I actually don't yeah. know much about baseball in general. Yeah, um, I know as much as this episode knows. 
that's fair. <laughs> uh, the baseball card king, he tells them that they have to play ball to get out of baseball world, to which they said, no, we're actually just leaving. Um, but a bunch of bat goons come out, and they are all they all look exactly alike, and they mm-hmm. are basically uh, bats with uh, faces and hats on, um, and well, they start to fight our heroes. Yeah, and they don't even have, like, full faces. They just have a mouth and a nose. Right. And then they have, like, arms and legs and a baseball cap. And they can fly for some reason. Yeah, that's that was the weird part. Yes. I understand baseball's flying because I get hit through the air, but... The bats themselves. It's very so, strange. in a in a stunning turn of of bat on bat violence, Bo uses his bat to kill the other bats. Yeah. Um, well, first, Simon Belmont like takes cover behind something, and I, I, I did not get what this was. Was this supposed to be like a shield or something? Or yeah, he had like a, like a giant symbol or something. Yeah, it almost looked like a like a big prayer bowl, like a giant prayer bowl. And he just sort of hid behind it, and the bat killed itself on that thing. I have to assume assume it's something that they've established that his character does. I don't really know. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the funniest part of this is when Duke, Duke jumps <laughs> on a, a bat and just humps it to death. Yeah, uh, Mega Man is running away from a bat. So Duke jumps on top of the bat and proceeds to hump the shit out of this bat until it turns yeah. into uh, sawdust basically um so we have to assume at this point all of the bat bad guys have been murdered and uh the team runs to the i guess the back of the field again the geography are not very clear yeah well we we also do get the the sweet move from uh from kevin from captain n that's true where he uses his belt uh nintendo remotes to control himself and he like phase shifts up into the air and then like flies for a split second and shoots two bats at once i think he was supposed to be jumping you think that's what it was like a super jump sort of a thing yeah some sort of super jump i think but like again lazily animated yeah so the team runs and they think that they found uh where the warp is located but it's at the bottom of a huge chasm huge chasm yeah there's like a and- giant ravine they can probably actually jump across look like it might have been like 10 feet across so uh, and uh they look behind them and they find that there are suddenly hundreds of bat got bad guys as well as the baseball card gang and uh they all jump uh despite the protestation of simon they all jump into the chasm and um we assume are uh warped away yeah um, back at the Palace of Power. Uh, in, a, in a very sweet gesture, the eggplant wizard has made Mother Brain a huge cake, uh, his special multi-layer sponge cake, and they all dance around uh, celebrating that Mother Brain's going to crown herself. Because at the top of this cake is Princess Lana's crown. Yes. Um but it's revealed that Lana put the bad guys up to it, to which uh, everyone is very confused. Why would she do such a thing? And at that moment, Captain and his team warp in and smash into the cake, which the undulating waves of sponge knock Mother Brain and her cohort into the warp into Baseball World. Into another warp into Baseball World. So, 
It is not the, very clear. The, the logistics of the scene are, let's say that the uh, Mother Brain and her goons are facing north. Let's say that. Um, facing the sponge cake. The sponge cake is north of the, of the three of them. Uh, off to the east is Lana and Game Boy, because Game Boy showed back up for absolutely no reason. And they're they're leaning against the wall, yeah, in the throne room. Yeah, leaning against the wall, wall. chilling, maxing, relaxing. You know how it is. A little bit of Ellen. And then um, above the sponge cake is where the warp portal opens up that dumps the entire team onto the sponge cake. And they're smashing it, causes the sponge cake to basically shoot out into waves, which pushes Mother Brain and her two coons back, which would be pushing them to the south. And they just sort of fly back into some sort of golden haze. Well, that's what the warp looks like. I mean, when when it, when it but it's filled the screen. Yeah. So so there's like two different warps that were set up here, somehow, with nobody doing anything, and they go to the same place basically, because she they cuts to a scene of them looking at like a video display of. Uh, Mother Brain and Eggplant Wizard and King Hippo running around getting whacked with bats on the baseball diamond that's being run by uh, the baseball card king. Yes. And uh, everyone is watching this and laughing hilarious, uh, uproariously. And, and and then at the end, uh, Bo and Kevin high five. And um, all is right once again. And it's it's it is very heavily implied that uh, Bo then takes Princess Lana into the side room, and the two of them have a little bit of alone time for a little bit of romance, and then they, you know, mm-hmm. coordinate each other. Um, he as king of the baseball lands and uh, baseball video game is that is that what his lands are? And her the video game. Mm-hmm princess i don't know i, I actually I, maybe I, am, I missed that part did he go in with his bat or without his bat oh with his bat uh-huh. oh yeah oh well he was holding something in his hand but uh, uh anyway. i will say that lana seems like pretty sexily drawn i'm, I'm just pulling a mic here real quick <laughs> since he's not here to pull himself <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, yeah, she's wearing like a crop top and like a high slit cut gown with like thigh high fuck me boots. I didn't notice the boots. I, 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 it wasn't so much that I noticed that she was sexy. It was that, that she's been sexualized. Yeah. 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 Jesus. You and your manocracy. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, she, she is exposing her midriff pretty much the entire time. So, uh, that is true. Um, and she definitely has a very Princess Zelda vibe overall. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they tried to combine Princess Zelda and Peach, Princess Peach. She does wear pink, so yeah, yeah it does feel like she feels like a combination of maybe um, Princess Zelda and Daisy because she's a brunette. Mm. Okay, and uh, 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 you know dresses in pink, um, but she's kind of medieval themed slightly, as as all good princesses are. 
anyway, overall, the the writing on this show is just breathtaking in its laziness. And just garbage. That's garbage. Like it, it, it is it is utterly lazy, but it's also just like I don't know, like like even if they even if they wanted it, they could still make something entertaining if they were gonna be lazy about it. There's still gonna be something that was like a little bit more to it. They could have just like doubled down on the baseball puns. Because there are quite a few in here, but they're not like egregious to the point where it like makes it funny again, you know. Do they actually say fly balls in the Yes they do. Yeah. Okay. Um I think, yeah, you're right. Like, they take it to dad joke level, but they don't take it past that into absurd Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, level of, of hilariousness. Um, like, I kind of almost respect how shallow and, like, the lack of follow-through is. Like, I feel like watching this show, I'm like, yeah, these writers were like, this is a money gig. And they had two-hour <laughs> liquid lunches and then left at 3.30 every day. And they were like, that's what this gig is. And I kind of like, yeah, yeah, you live your best life, buddy. Yeah, you found it. You yeah. hold on to it. I mean, you only have a couple years on this show. It's clearly on the, you know, like on the downhill. Just punch the clock. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Well, in all fairness, during this time of like the heyday of, during this heyday of animation, the only thing that everybody's pretty much got whenever they get one of these gigs is a couple years. So, sure, like, like none of these shows really lasted that long. And the ones that did tend to be from like more professional houses that uh, uh, people would have been a little bit more disciplined in. So, I have to admit, I don't, I don't really know what the context of this show is like. What, what, what the rest of the animation landscape looked like at this time? But yeah. it feels like a pretty dim environment. Well, we we do know so far. We have seen uh, uh, what do you call it? Brainstorm. And, and that was this, just this before was, this, yeah. It, yeah, it was just before this. There was a little bit of overlap there, though, because you said this was what eighty nine. Yeah, so they uh, Brave Star was eighty six to uh, eighty nine, no, I believe. It was, was eighty seven to eighty nine. Oh, eighty seven to eighty nine. Yeah, because the toys came out in eighty six, but the uh, cartoons started in eighty seven. So this is eighty nine to ninety one. So there was a little bit of overlap, a little bit. So likely not a whole lot changed in that two year time frame. It does feel like, um, like we were talking about with Brave Star, it feels like someone established that there was this money train and people are just desperately trying to get on the money train. What is yeah. interesting about it, even though the whole show is just a relentless, soulless cash grab, uh, is that it, it posits this idea of a kind of Dante's Inferno-like world of interconnected video games with like varying levels of themed torture based on which level and hierarchy you're on. And, like, literally different levels, because even in that intro when they showed it, you can actually see, like, some of the video game realms actually existed in the same physical space, and they were just sort of, like, on top of each other. So it was less of, like, a, oh, I have to travel to this dimension. It was more like, oh, I have to travel to this geography in order to go experience this part. Oh, that's interesting, because I interpreted that as the like the meta environment that many uh, animated cartoons have as their theme, where like all the geography of the different play sets have been compressed so that they can quickly qu cut between them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, th that yeah. could have been the case, but I think it's a little bit more interesting just to think that this is the video game realms, but the realms are actually just like this is one 
dimension here. This is just yeah. The video well, the, game dimension and then like different sectors of the video game dimension are the different realms. Well, it's realms in the same way that like uh, the Norse realms were like all the same physical environment connected by Idrisil, the uh, yeah, world Idrisil. tree. Yeah. Uh, instead of kind of this metaphysical uh, uh, different Overlap. worlds. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, I got to a point where I almost enjoyed how lazy it was. <laughs> It was, it was almost soothing its predictability, given all you really had to know was like, oh, these guys are putting no thought into it, so they're going to fight like a baseball glove or something. Yeah. It well, flies. I just, yeah, I, you know, like uh, we hear stories about how productions of shows are these, um, you know, intense, grueling um uh, schedules and it's incredibly hard to do all the work that needs to get done. I just like the idea of these writers just, you know, you know, just coming in, keeping bankers hours, um, pop, you know, punching the clock, writing a couple baseball puns and just knocking out early. I just went back to watch the intro just now, mm -hmm. as I usually do. As we're talking, I kind of like flit around between the different um, parts of the show. And, no, and I, I, I well know that you don't pay attention to me. No, no, I, I pay attention to you for the most part, you know. <laughs> I'll hear the word boob and I'll come back to it. Uh, or, yeah. you know, we talk about like, oh, this person's uh, sexuality comes into context. I'm like, oh, sexuality. Um, <laughs> but uh, in the intro, I don't know why this is now disturbing me quite so much. In the intro, Kevin, the human version of Kevin, is playing knockout. Is it knockout or punch out? Well, it was originally Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and then when Mike Tyson's license came out, it just became Punch Out. Okay. Um, yeah, because this was around the time frame when Mike Tyson went to jail, too, and they wanted to not necessarily have him in the video game, right? Yes, or that he they didn't want to renew the um, the license agreement. Uh, they actually they released Punch Out uh, overseas under a different name. They didn't use Mike Tyson. That was only in yeah. the states. So he's playing Punch-Out, mm -hmm. and in this game of Punch-Out that he's playing, he is fighting King Hippo. Yes, he is. And King Hippo is looks like he does in the video game, because this is actual like video game footage. Yet in the, in the video game world, the video game realm, King Hippo then turns blue and gets giant nipples. I, the... Th I, f I kind of feel like that most of the live action section is essentially like they were already filming a commercial and they're just like, yeah, uh, do a couple extra shots for the show, I guess, and we'll like send it over to them. Okay. Because okay. it feels like that level of quality. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure like in, in the soundstage right next to Kevin is like two kids with the crossfire. They're just like sweating at each other with bandanas. It's maybe two seconds. Of Kevin it, turning into like a giant, into like a green androgynous uh, CGI character passing through static. Uh, to show that he's transforming. He's being digitized. Yes. Because we all know that when you, when you transform into a cartoon, you have to go through the CGI chrysalis first. You have to pupate through CGI to then become cartoon. It, it is incredibly distressing what he looks like when he is transformed into the green creature. Do you think that's what Kevin looks like without flesh? I feel like, yet again, 
we have somehow managed to choose the worst fucking episode of a series to come in and start watching. We're late in the run. We're, we're late in the run. It's already a shortened cartoon. And it's also, it's a, it's a cartoon about video games, but this one's about baseball. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck do we manage to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, um, I would totally have loved to have seen, like, a Mega Man arc. Like, like an, a single episode that was, like, about Mega Man or in the Mega Man realm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the shallowness of the episode is more evident because it's baseball. Like if they were, if this was all Mega Man themed and they were attacked by, I don't know, Megas that spit acid, um, <laughs> we would probably be a little more forgiving because that is like the video games of this period's uh, milieu. Yeah, yeah. They're just ignoring, they're ignoring the rich and beautiful history of that stupid sport. Of baseball? Yeah. Or video games. Baseball. I assume it has some sort of history, right? David, what are the rules for baseball? Well, you have to leave early to avoid traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't get a hot dog after the fourth inning. Uh, When you're passing a beer, you get to take a little sip. Oh, that's true. (laughs) That is very true, David. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You get to take a little sip of the beer. Um, Beers cost $12. So... I did go to see a Nationals game once in D.C. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole group of us from my, my Krav Maga studio decided we were going to do some like extracurricular activities together. <laughs> so so somebody got tickets to this baseball game. We all went to go watch it. I'm pretty wait, sure. Wait a minute. You're all Krav Maga practitioners? Like, why aren't you fighting crime? Why isn't that? Your 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 bonding activity. I I said extracurricular oh, okay. activities. Not yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, so we're So your curriculum was fighting crime. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So we we um went to this game, sat down, I spent probably about forty bucks on two dollars worth of food. Yep. Um hung out for maybe about twenty minutes. I personally got shat on by a pigeon. It was like a massive poo because, <laughs> you know, that pigeon was eating well in the stadium. And um, I think it was probably around the 30-minute mark that my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, we could be sitting on a couch at home rather yeah. than a plastic seat. And not watching baseball. And it, Well, the thing is we were playing video games the entire time anyway on our phones. Like we weren't <laughs> even watching the fucking game. Hmm. So... So we were like, oh, we just found out that our dogs have a thing. A friend of mine is, is very into baseball, and he's come to visit me in New York a couple times. And uh, we have gone to games together um, at both Yankee Stadium and uh, Mets, the, the, Met. the Metter Dome. Um, no, it's just the Met. Yeah, they, we went to the Met. And and they, they play uh, baseball. yeah, uh, they uh, they throw the baseball through uh, through fo- uh, paintings. I thought it was through the uh, that Pharaoh's tomb. Don't they yeah. have the? Uh... That's that's for, that's first base. That's first base. Okay. Okay. And then second base is in the uh, the uh, medieval wing. Mm. 
And then third place is, would be in the Greek Greek wing. So second base is medieval. Mm. But third base is all Greek to me. Is that what you're trying to say? I don't, I don't know what sex move you think you're inferring, but it sounds awful. <laughs> and uh, we had a pretty good time. Um, I, I hate baseball. I have absolutely zero interest in it. But what I did was um, I just got drunk. <laughs> and that was great. So I've not been to a baseball game as an adult. Good for you, man. Fight the power. I do remember going once as a child, and halfway through the game, the team that was losing decided to stop trying so the game would be over sooner. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd turned on them. (laughs) That's very baseball. (laughs) Uh, um, Would you have watched Captain in the Game Master as a kid? For myself, I did avoid this show. As a kid, and um, I think part of the reason is by the time this came out, I had already played, like I'd already gone through Mega Man a couple of times. I I had a Nintendo, uh, I think that I got it in 1988, Um, I think it was 1988, and I only had a handful of games, and I actually would play the games over and over again, and, and Mega Man was one of them, and I had a good friend that had Castlevania. And I played that game pretty frequently as well. So pretty much right off the bat, just seeing this would have turned me off immediately. Yeah. And, and I, I did actively avoid watching video game um, cartoons. The Well, I was going to say the only exception would have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic, then a cartoon, and then a video game. So, yes. Yes, in that order. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was very prescient of you. Uh, this was a pretty bad show. Ha- what is its future on Amazingly Terrible? It's a good question, boys. What do you think? I don't know, honestly. Again, this is one of those times where I feel like we came in during... We, we came in at, to watch, like, the worst possible episode. They took the most boring sport in the world and combined <laughs> it with a horrible adaptation of video games. And they said, have an adventure. You go for it. Well, we didn't see the golf episode. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, are you saying that you know that there definitely is a golf episode? I have no idea. Okay. Mm. I was going to say. If there's a golf episode, I would just want to kill it now because we'll wind up watching that one. That's exactly what I was going to say. With our luck, we'll get the Frisbee golf episode. (laughs) They do have Final Fantasy in here. Ooh, David. What? They also feature Faxanadu. You and I had a whole conversation about Faxanadu when I first moved up here. Yeah, because you're listening to it on, you're playing it on mute. And I was listening to my podcast, yeah. Um... (laughs) I kind of with you guys in that I feel like there could be a good show here somewhere in one of the episodes. Um, I liked the character designs of any of the characters that weren't Mega Man or Kid Kid Icarus. You didn't like the little rascals? Those were (laughs) painful. Yeah. Um, And I I would like to see one of the 22-minute episodes, but I... 
am also afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I have the fear. Well, I'm going through right now, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and on the Wikipedia page, they have all of the different um, featured video games in the setting here, mm-hmm. and all of them look pretty good. the The only other one that I might be a little bit concerned about would be yes, the video games that the show is based on are pretty good, but they managed to ruin yeah, those that's too. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. They 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 do do they do feature Burger Time. <laughs> in one of the videos. I, that might be an interesting one to watch. I don't know. Well, we don't get to pick. It's it's. Are we willing to subject ourselves to random chance? You know, I, I am now kind of curious about uh, if they can ruin something good as, as badly as they ruined the baseball episode. <laughs> You're saying mm. that uh, the inherent badness of baseball is... Uh, Man, we are going to get. We are. This is not going to be a popular episode. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I had uh, a baseball. I had a baseball game on my Atari. Oh, and really? the thing I remember about that is, in the middle of the inning, the players would go into the dugout, and the other team would take the field. That's the only part you remember. And they walked. Yes, I. <laughs> I remember that game, and that was, was painful. <laughs> That one outfielder would walk bit realism. <laughs> all the way across the field. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Do we I, chance so, it? Do we do we keep it in and chance this? Or do we do we partake in the self inflicted Schadenfreude? Do we I don't know about Schadenfreude, but because this I do have a bit of a morbid curiosity myself to to see what would wind up popping up later on. I Let's give a one one more chance. I don't know. I kind of want to see the Final <laughs> Fantasy episode. I have no idea how they would do it, but there's a Final Fantasy episode. All right. I'm in. God, that would be Final Fantasy 1, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. I'd like to see something from the first season where maybe like the writers were trying. Um, like fresh. They came into it with fresh eyes and they were like, yeah, we can make They're this like, up. we really don't know anything about video games. So it it's surviving, I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we missed an important segment, though. Uh, Matt, would yeah. would you subject your child to this? Uh, I don't think I'd let her watch this. <laughs> no? No, I don't think I would. You think it'd just be like a waste of her time? Uh, it just, I think it's going to be hard enough to get her at all interested in any of these kind of classic video game characters. Um, and these aren't them. Like, th- yeah. <laughs> these are not those characters. Um, so if she is going to have exposure to them, I'd rather she maybe, um, I don't know, played Mega Man or played mostly i you know hope at some point she enjoys a legend of zelda game yeah yeah you can see that but um no i don't think i'd let her watch this okay i don't think i'd stop her if she was though that's fair that's fair she'll learn she's gotta learn for herself next is our one universe theory (laughs) all right god (laughs) hmm do you have anything, Adam? I I do. I don't okay. know if I want to uh, to go this route, but I but I do. Um, I'll, I'll 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 start us out then. Okay, right, let's let's do it. I think we already uh, determined that the uh, generation ship going to New Texas had a holodeck. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the I feel like the obvious tie-in. I mean, yeah. If the, if, if you're putting people into a game world, there's not. A whole lot you can do other than that, but uh, 
I think I can go a bit further and say the Captain N guy is actually a hacker and Bo is mad at him because he's like gone into his program mm. and started uh, screwing with it. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Let me see that. So it's a little bit of uh, like uh, war games. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to walk in on someone else's holodeck time. Oh, no, absolutely not. Especially when there's like a. Especially when not... you have like a princess, you know, and. Can we you not know. steal all the best lines of other podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> In all fairness, we're just stealing from that one podcast over and over again. So you're, you're right. That, that that's plagiarism. We need to steal from all the podcasts to be creative, right? Yeah, and then we can call ourselves a podcast parody podcast. Uh, we're a pastiche. <laughs> um, see, I I I think that's the logical tie-in that um. That this is the experience of the uh, the the video uh, holographic technology on the generation ship, but I also feel like that's kind of. I feel like we've given ourselves an out with that uh, yeah. with that one because we can just shove anything we want in there and it doesn't really uh, match our continuity. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got something. If 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 you don't, Matt. Well, we're just we're just three years from the world being destroyed here in in this timeline. Go ahead, go ahead, Adam. So here's the way that I see it: when Jim finally fused with Synergy to create Void, mm-hmm. it was an imperfect fusion. Ooh. And as the years progressed, as they shot further and further into space on this generational ship. IT department on the ship um, decided decided to plug her into a reverse matrix simulation Mm. where it would give Synergy Benton the chance to essentially play out her scenarios of destroying the human race in various fashions uh, in order to basically prove to herself that inherently people are good. So oh. she goes through these like different simulations in her mind, and this is one of those simulations. Well, isn't this like all of them running in parallel? But that's why they can jump between all these different worlds. Yes, like- I buy that. So she's essentially mother brain, and she's thinking, mm. "I have to control everything." And as she goes through and continues to like trying to like enact her different schemes to gain control over this non sensical non-euclidean space (laughs) and people in these different humans wind up thwarting her she like slowly is starting to like begin to realize that humans actually have a certain uh aspect to them the certain chaoticness to them that can't really be controlled and in the attempt to control it is what's causing destruction Hmm. whereas the if she were to step back and sort of let things happen Essentially, that's that's the ultimate goal of the reverse matrix um, uh, simulation. See, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one step a little further because I, I like okay. I like where I like some parts of this idea. Okay, I like this idea, um, and that is that um, the uh, synergy Jerica hybrid um, is also trying to resolve issues uh, between the two psyches, right? And um, and, and while while Jerica 
is running these simulations. She's using her powers to um, deal with this moral quandary. Uh, the uh, the synergy portion is um, using one of its other um, fused intelligences, and that is Kevin Keene, a uh, normal high, ca- California high schooler that um, he uh, he digitized years ago and he says well i just have this continuity it's actually been millions of years that kevin's essentially been frozen as that screaming uh green digitized uh, monster and now i'm just going to insert this personality into jerica's carefully laid world and that creates this um all of this chaos and disrupts the natural order because if mother if if he wasn't there mother brain would be running the multiverse running all the simulations and uh so really what we're seeing is the combat between synergy and jerica for the control of the void entity okay so so synergy i like this a lot synergy so kevin keen was stuck in this superluminal space between reality and video game and synergy found him i mean no he she, she had consumed him or or it synergy had consumed him had digitized him in the year 1990 uh 1989 okay um and in fact he was just paused they just he she left the game running and she paused it for until the generational ship okay um and essentially when the simulation started to run she saw an opportunity to do what you were talking about adam to interject that chaos agent and she knows she couldn't do it herself as a, as a machine she used the frozen digitized personality of kevin keen to um disrupt the whole simulation Okay. So, hmm. So as this progresses and as they pass through, this he's essentially going to act as like the bridge between Jerrica Benton and Synergy to create Void, a perfect Void. Or he he's he is the agent of their internal war, right? Okay. He he's he is the avatar of Synergy, while Mother Brain is the avatar of Jerrica Benton. And eventually, they will either make peace or destroy themselves. Right. We don't know how mm. this resolves. Interesting. Maybe another cartoon will show us. <laughs> <laughs> will show us the way. But this opens up a new possibility in that um, we already established that multiple synergy entities were sent to the Earth um, mm. by Iskatar, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one we know of um, was given to uh, Jerrica Benton's father. Yep. One was given to Peter Parker. And now we know of a third <laughs> that landed in California and digitized the essence of Kevin Keene. So, so we are sticking with Peter Parker, the famed um, geriatric file. Uh, yeah. did use his synergy just to create a flashlight in his belt. Yeah, that, <laughs> that right. grandma fucker, he screwed it up, and he used okay. 
as with everything in Peter Parker's life, he's a super genius with massive technology, and he uses it for the most inane things. Okay. So so we are going with that instead of Peter Parker being, instead of the Spider-Man show being a training exercise regime. Oh, fudge. Yeah, I like, I like having it be a parkour program. Why not both? It's got to be the parkour okay. program's got to be based on something. Parkour program based off of Peter Parker, based off of the original <laughs> Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, based off the See, original. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, some of the Spider-Man are simulations, and some of the Spider-Men are canonical. Nice. No, I, I, yes. just, I just like the idea that in this realm, also, uh, Spider-Man is not a superhero. He is actually like a famed pervert. <laughs> that, that, that the police have been chasing for years. He just happens to have superpowers. So it would be like hey, uh, if, if you went into a video game chasing and you, him? <laughs> you wanted to play as like Marquis de Sade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to play as Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I'm going to go really dark this time and play as Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Web slinging abilities. Ooh, Jesus Christ. Uh, David, we spoke over you again. I was just saying, why are the police chasing him? Because he is... Um... Oh, of course, I said that before you said Jeffrey S. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he, he he would be a reverse Jeffrey Epstein, right? He'd be, he'd be going after the overage... Because he hangs also. other people? No, because he... Uh... Well, he does. Well, yeah, he does. <laughs> but... <laughs> but no, because he's, uh, he's chasing after... Um, geriatrics. He's going after older folks. He wants. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So this this sort of brings us to our other segment, uh, Dirty Thirty. Easy Thirty Thirty. Oh, I'm gonna hurt. Yeah. Oh, I like Dirty Thirty, but for well, this particular episode, the only Dirty Thirty I got is. Um, Duke's um, proclivity towards wooden objects. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I w- I was gonna go with part of why I enjoyed uh, Eggplant Wizard is that he does kind of look like a sex toy because <laughs> he is an eggplant, much like yeah, eggplant emoji. And I do believe at some point in time he gets hit on the head by um, um, King Hippo. Sorry. Is it King yes. Hippo? Yeah. King Hippo hits him in the head and uh, cut mushrooms fly out. Uh, his head goes into his body and cut mushrooms fly out. Is it cut mushrooms? I thought it, was, it looked almost looked like it was some sort of purple juice came out of him. I, a variety of things come out, but I think some of them are mushrooms. Yeah. There's that. I mean, there is the blatant sexuality of a dog humping a baseball bat. Um. Uh, then there's also, like, did anyone else find... Um, Simon Belmont to be like fairly homoerotic. Mm. I can see that to a certain extent, just because he's he's supposed to be that like that flashy like guy smiling like oh, look at me I've, I've got perfectly coiffed hair my teeth mm-hmm. sparkle and he's got like more chin than the rest of his head combined. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I honestly like of everything that we've seen, save from Muppet Babies, because Muppet Babies was relatively tame. Although. I still hold that Miss Piggy was hitting on that bunny rabbit. Um, 
the this this was actually relatively tame. If it wasn't for Duke humping that baseball bat, it was it would have been a little. Well, I have to admit, at twelve year old me would have been very interested in Princess Lana because yeah. she's definitely drawn like a, a Frank Frazetta kind of heroine. Yeah, uh, and she does have like that that exposed midriff and short dress and stuff like that. Yeah, she uh, she looks kind of like, like she'd be more. Yeah, she looks like she'd be more at home in a Conan cartoon. And twelve yeah. uh, year old me was very interested in the kind of women that Conan. Um, Chase you know, yeah, that I Conan. Were his conquests conquered? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the books, he didn't really conquer that many, but yeah. But I guess going back to your point about uh, uh, Belmont, though, the the scene where he does slap uh, Poe on the back as they're like walking towards, as they're walking away from the main group, saying, "Oh, Poe's the baseball expert. I'm going to go with him." That did seem kind of like a little bit too close like i could see the two of them like going off and hooking up with each other <laughs> or bill matt like trying to like get into to bo's pants in some fashion uh yeah wasn't this also the period where um football players started slapping each other on the ass um i don't know when that started but it definitely did happen during this period because it was the All whole right. th- there was a whole thing on friends there's like a whole arc about Chandler getting slapped on the ass by his boss, and and this was Friends era, wasn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've wiped Friends from my memory. It's probably a good thing. The show was just about some of the worst people that you can think of. Agreed. Agreed. New Yorkers, they're garbage. <laughs> New Yorkers in rent control departments. David, what is our next segment? Okay, so next time. Oh, okay. Well, next time. So it's time for David to roll them bones. So I'll roll the number and you tell me what what show I rolled. Okay. Okay. Let me pull up the spreadsheet. I got it right here. All right, let's hear it. It's a 135. One thirty-five is Sectars, Warriors of Symbion. Oh wow! I'm interested. This one is. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the one where they turn. It's like the insect planet, right? Um. Yeah. I yeah. know absolutely nothing about this, and I'm very interested Wait. to learn more about it. How yeah. are they spelling Symbion? Not Symbion. But Symbion. S Y M B I O N. Okay, well, I'm glad you're interested, Matt, because it's like a 50% chance to be you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm excited about it. I, I love, uh, I guess this is probably science fantasy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which I, I enjoy that very much. If I recall correctly from some of the wiki on this, this takes place in the far-flung future on a different planet that humans had colonized, and they had to combine their DNA with that of insects in order to survive the environment. Yes, and I th- I now I am now looking at the art, and it, it is ringing bells for me. These are the guys who looked like just regular uh, early 80s action heroes, except they had two antennae that yep. stick off of their head, coming out of their hair. Um. 
I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited about this. Looks, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm actually looking forward to this one. That's great, Matt, because uh, you'll will will be doing the review of this. Uh, yeah, suck it, Matt. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if, if I can trade this for Silverhawks. Maybe. Well, yeah. considering considering we have to trade with Mike, we have to get Silverhawks so, away from Mike in some fashion. Here's what we need to do: yeah. we need to make we need to force Mike to do his episodes, but just to keep offering uh, to trade for one in the future. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah. Well, well, this this is what I was saying. We we're, were gonna do this like over IM or on the phone tomorrow. Okay. And uh, so the, it's agreed. We'll blackmail our friend. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll we'll, we'll come to some sort of arrangement. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> wow, you make we'll it sound so much some better. Sort of arrangement. That's a uh, nice silverhawks you got there, Mike. Be a shame if something were to happen to it. Hmm. I heard you like getting drunk with your friends. It'd be a shame if they forced you to do any work. (laughs) It'd be a shame if they gave you coffee. (laughs) Yes, and told you about baseball in cold showers. Uh, It weren't COVID times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm looking forward to this. So, so this is next time. Next time. So next time is, is but next time no. is so. Yeah, Hawks. sometime in the future is sectars. <laughs> gotcha. I'm excited. Next about time sectars. is is Silverhawks maybe. Silverhawks so, maybe. So if anybody is listening at home, the way that we do this is we roll for the episode after next, not the next episode. Oh, it's 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 not even the episode after next. Oh. It's it's. I think we have three in the queue right now. We don't we have, have to explain to we these have plebeians. Three in the queue. Yeah. Oh. Wait, we don't have so, to. So so what are we doing next then? We don't I, have to explain to these fucking troglodytes how it works. If nope. we get if we can decide how to do it, they'll ingest our episodes and they'll like it. <laughs> I I don't think that they necessarily will, but we are also releasing oh. every two weeks. Oh, okay, that's right. Where on earth is Karma San Diego? Yes, that's, that's still to come. Okay, okay. I forgot that I was doing that one. That's right. Hey, that that's what we should call it. Still to come. On uh... Still to come on Amazingly Terrible. Yes. Silverhearts. Where on earth is Carmen San Diego and Sectar's Warriors of the Sibian? So I, I, I just want to mention one thing, and that is that um, I feel like overall there's a very strong theme evolving. Um, and maybe it's just us. Maybe it's, you know, the way we are seeing this. But capitalism seems to be one of the driving factors that we talk about for why these cartoons are and what the cartoons want to do and um, the experience of watching them. So I think it's very interesting that um, to deal with the problem, we've decided to create a market, a market of trading reviews of the shows. (laughs) (laughs) That that is, yeah, that is a very, it's a very um, like American way of dealing with this, you know. Are are we Republicans? Uh, Well, I don't know. Do you believe in the Republic? Or do you believe in democracy? 
<laughs> Let's talk about the differences between a republic and a proper democracy, shall we? This this feels like a trap to me. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get my uh, my student loans forgiven? That's what I want to know. Well, you get your student loans forgiven and you get a gun. This is the perfect future. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So good. The gun, of course, is just going to be a t-shirt cannon, but still, it's... Uh, still it's, a gun. And it's a way to facilitate trade during pandemic times, so... Doesn't matter, had sex. Well, gentle <laughs> listeners, you've wasted, I don't know, upwards of 10 hours with us so far on this episode. Um, 10 hours? It's like three days by this point in time. Come on, man. <laughs> have, you, have you heard our, rich, our first couple of episodes? It was like... We were doing Dan Harmon's, not Dan Harmon's, fuck. You were doing Dan Harmon? <laughs> God, what, what's the hardcore history guy? Dan Carlin? Dan Carlin. We were doing Dan Carlin's hardcore. Sorry, it's late. Give me a moment. We were doing Dan Carlin's hardcore cartoons when we first started this off. We were doing like a four hour long deep dive. Mm-hmm. We were doing Dan Carlin's Hardcore Captain in the Game Master. Bo Nose Muppet Cats Spectacular Holograms Blazers. So we are officially online. We have a website. Oh, we have a website now. Ooh. That's the kind of site I've always wanted. Fancy. I, th- I thought we just had the, the, the pod bean. Yeah, that's what I mean. But- oh, oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I thought you, I thought we had like a, a website. But it is website. not a Podbean domain website. It's our oh. own domain. Oh, our okay. own domain. Nice, yeah. nice. Very cool. Well, I've uh, worked out the schedule. This episode will be the first episode of the new year. Oh, wow! Nice, guys. Twenty twenty one is going to be ours. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if this is the first episode of the new year. I feel like it should have been more momentous than uh, Bo Jackson video game. But um, I, I mean, I mean, obviously you get to spend it with us, which is nice. But the the the, <laughs> the content that we had to work with was not necessarily the uh, most vibrant or scintillating. I I assume yeah. most of our listeners were either married to or brother and sister with. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, so it's like my mom. She's like, "No, I haven't heard my son in a while. I want to listen to him talk about tits." If I don't, so. uh, if I don't hear my son say misogynist things on the internet, I'll probably die. <laughs> mom, that's not what you sound like. <laughs> oh, that was supposed to be your mom. I thought that was supposed to be my mom. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Adam's mom. <laughs> Mom, when did you become a Muppet? This is exciting. I've always been a Muppet. Wow. That's why you're a quarter Muppet. Wait, what? (laughs) How does that work? Don't make me explain this to you, boy. You know, I'm glad we took that break. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've been away for two weeks during the election because 
I had a feeling like the stress was getting to everyone. Yeah, here uh, let's yeah. let's do some election hot takes that you can splice in at any time. Just some, you know, very, you know, just our thoughts on uh, the political environment and how everyone <laughs> in our country should feel. Well, well, no, what's really funny is this is supposed to be coming out on the new year. So, like, we're well past the election time frame, and we're going to be like, oh, you know, that was stressful, everything's fine. But then, like, by the time this comes out, it's going to be like we're in World War Three, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the for the battle for the White House, trying to get the yeah. orange guy out of there. The yeah. the Trump the Trump Borgs will have invaded, and we'll be fighting for our lives in uh, in the hair gel mines. Yeah, exactly. But we'll still have our podcast, right? We'll still be, yeah, we'll yeah. Still be recording. So, so anyway, David, you say we have a website? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Send your questions to monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com. <laughs> Did you say monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com? That's our email address. Nice. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. Thank God. We're going to get zero emails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I keep on trying to send them emails, but it doesn't go through. Just cause... David, please tell me you spell-checked none of that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever know what our email address is. Oh, goodness. That's excellent. Well, you've squandered your time with us, and for that, we are profoundly grateful. And I'd like to take this moment at the end of the show when pretty much everyone has stopped listening just to make a special thanks to our producer, David. Uh. (laughs) Yes, thank you, David. You've done an excellent job thus far. You have done a fantastic job making us sound like we're not a bunch of... Keep this in, but bleep out everything he says. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, to, uh, capitalist. Capitalist. Disgraced. Whatever socialists. we are, because we're all disgraced. We are capitalist socialists. That is true. Cap- capital. Capital. We're capital socialists of the Republican Democratic states of... Not me. I'm in uppercase. I'm an uppercase socialist. You're an uppercase socialist. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you, David. You're the best. You, you've been the heart and soul of us thus far, and I, I commend you in driving this project forward and keeping us on point. I it's think of you as I tearfully watch Captain in the Game Master. Slowly jerking it. <sighs> I am looking forward to Sektar's Warriors of the Sibian. It looks bizarre as shit. I'm it looks like a weird ass show, and I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know. You know me. I, the weirder it is, the more I like it. So same here, same here. I love weird shit, uh, and I it, it feels like it's in the like Thundar science fantasy sort of um, uh, area, and that seems very fun to me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. how do we sign off here, David? Do we just want us to say our names? We usually say our names, yeah. 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 Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. David. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> and I've been Matt, the itinerant peanut farmer. <laughs> you compare yourself to Johnny Wayne Carter. Johnny Wayne Carter. <laughs> yeah, thirty-seventh and a half president. <clears throat> Johnny Wayne Carter. Uh, no, I was thinking I was more like um, Jimmy Carter. Still alive? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy Carter's still alive. Right. Still out there doing good works. I wonder what Trump's charity is going to be. <laughs> I'll give uh, you. I'll give you one guess, and it starts with E and ends with rump. A rump. Sorry, starts starts with T and ends with a rump. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex rump. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted to eat one of those. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Have you been watching The Mandalorian? Okay, we gotta stop the episode if we're gonna shoot the shit. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David Marks. Music by The Fish Who Saved the Planet. It is on. Donkey Kong beating Michelle Kwan at the prom in Vietnam. Oof, I don't even know how to unpack that.